Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Leverage to scale listeners, welcome to the show. I'm your host for the episode, Dan, and you are in for a treat because joining me today is the calendar coach and the creator of Restore My Sanity program, which frankly, I think I need some sanity restoration. So we'll find out what that means. But uh, Paul D. Casey, speaker, author, productivity coach, joins me today for the episode. Paul, welcome to the show. So delighted to be here. (laughs) Excellent. So Paul, I'd like to get to know you a little bit and make sure that our our listeners get to understand who you are. Before we started, you, I asked you uh, about the D. The D has to be there because you're not the only Paul Casey in the world. Um, so tell us who Paul D. Casey is and who you serve to. <laughs> yes, because Paul Casey is a professional golfer and I'm just a duffer. So he got the .com and I'm the .org. So. <laughs> right on. <laughs> there you go. Yes, yeah, so I grew up in Chicago and uh, I'm, a, I'm an only child, have was a son of two teachers. And even though I knew all the dirt on being a teacher, I still wanted to be one. I just had like education in my blood, I think. And so went to college, majored in elementary education, moved to California, became a uh, fifth grade teacher. And there I was all alone in Southern California with my first class and loved it. And I went to my first teacher's convention and I didn't get anything out of it. And it was like, it was all philosophical and none of it was practical. And I was craving practical ideas. And I felt like God said, well, then you do it. So then I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for, right? Yes. And so I put in um, an application to be a speaker at a breakout session the next year. I'm 22 years old. And they, they said, yes, they put me in the last time slot on the last day. Oof. I had 35 people and I was scared to death, but it went really well. It was on like how to make learning fun. And I was, and I just did it from then on. So my public speaking career began that day. <laughs> nice. And then I, became a, then I became like a vice principal and then a principal at a school. I wanted to be a cool principal, by the way. I was really, I was really young. I was like 26 year old principal. Like everybody wow. was older than I was. And that was pretty scary. And uh, then I became like a family pastor at a church and then an executive pastor after that. So that's sort of the, the day job journey. Gotcha. And then I learned about coaching. Yeah. What, what's life coaching? It seems so like, woo, out there, didn't really get it. Met yeah. with a guy in a coffee shop and he's like, this is what it's like. And I didn't like how he did it, but I thought this is what I do naturally. I want to help people get unstuck into their goals and so that's, uh, that's what led me up to start my business. I love how you said you want to help people get unstuck and get to their goals. Yes, uh, is, so is that what coaching is for you then, is helping people get unstuck? Yes. Yes, it is because they have a dream deep inside of them. They've got a vision for their life. It's fuzzy and they're just, they keep staying right here. And I want to help them get to there, wherever their there is. Yeah. And so, so you, you saw how this person was doing and you're like, I can do it better. So that's why you started the business. Um, is what I hear you say, but, but, but it sounds like there's more to it than that. There's like a deeper why to it, a motivation or responsibility as the entrepreneur that you are. What is, 
what is that behind it? What's the why behind it all? Well, I think even from the beginning with being a teacher, I love seeing the light come on with someone where they where they push through an obstacle and they learn something about themselves that they didn't know before. And I got to be part of that journey. And there's just no feeling like it in the world to be part of that journey where someone gets an aha moment and pushes through like the ceiling they've got for themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, I put it, I made my mission statement for my business to spark breakthrough success, you know, through coaching and, and through speaking. So there is that word spark in there. I made it into a verb you know, spark breakthrough success. And that's my big why to see that light come on. I love, I love that it's spark. Like there's so much connotation to that word that is so exciting. And like this beginning of a, of a something, right. Is that, is that where that comes from? It is. It is because I can't uh, motivate anybody. They call motivational speakers, but I don't really believe that. I think we can inspire, but people have an internal motivation that I could spark. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Why does that help you get through those hard moments then that every entrepreneur seems to have of like, I know what my why is. It sure does. Especially in that first year being an entrepreneur. Oh my goodness. You know, when you have zero clients, your income goes to zero when you quit the day job and you've got the dream job and you're like, Oh, why do we do this? And when my (laughs) wife goes, I don't know about this. I don't think we should have done this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do those hard moments look like for you then in a practical manner? Like, you know, entrepreneurs say they've had those rock bottom moments. I throw my hands up, whatever it is. What does a hard moment like that look like for Paul D. Casey? Yeah. So at the beginning, it was the lack of clients. It was just like, wow, I have to start from scratch. I have to build a network. I have to just keep shaking hands in my area and passing out business cards and like saying, this is what I do. And that was really hard to get like almost zero income at the beginning and then really build it slowly, take a couple of part-time jobs to make it through year one. But I made it through that. So that was awesome. Yeah. It's a different set of problems now, different set of pain points. Now it's like I have 50 clients and now the schedule is too full and I've got to figure out the scale issue, which of course, this is what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So what do you, like, where do you start with that then? How, how, how have you begun to think about scaling and, and, and doing what's next for your business? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm still learning, by the way, on this. I don't have I don't have it mastered by yeah. any sense of the word. You know, I, I could answer, give you the, the, the canned answer, first of all, of time management. But sometimes even if you've used up all of your time, so you've yeah. got to do something differently. And that's the pain point. I have no more hours in the day to take any new clients. And so it's like something has to change. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I knew is I had to outsource anything that I didn't enjoy doing where that took so many hours, uh, like bookkeeping. Oh, I hate bookkeeping. So yeah. I outsourced that. Social media, outsource some of that. Website uh, maintenance, outsource that. And it still wasn't enough. So then I realized I'm going to need a team around me. And so the first step is to get a virtual assistant. And so now I've, I've had bumps along the way on virtual assistants. I think I'm on number four right now. And I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> sure. And isn't it amazing the the technology that, that we have at our fingertips has led us to that point where we talk about VAs so often and then 2020 comes and we all have VAs <laughs> like, Oh man. Um, anyway, uh, or we all are VAs maybe. Um, so, so we talk about time management. I mean, you, you've got a few books that you've published and one of them is includes maximizing every minute. Is that what that comes down to then? Maximizing every minute is delegating the things you don't love? It's a piece of it for sure. 
Because we have to stay on our values and vision. That's the number one principle I share with time management is manage your time around your values and vision. And so there's some things in my vision that are not what I enjoy doing. So I have to offload those to someone who it's, it's actually within their scope. And what mm-hmm. they enjoy doing is what I go wah wah, you know, about. And so, yeah, that is a big step of time management is offloading that. Gotcha. So, so we talked about some, some hard moments that, you know, the beginning and then now the scaling up, what, how, how would you describe one of your biggest challenges as a coach, as trying to build your brand and everything else? What's a, a specific challenge that you faced? My challenge is that I have only limited time. So I've alluded to that already. And yeah, but when I got a big chunk of clients from a corporation, they, they sent me a whole parcel full of clients, which is awesome, by the way, because that's going to help me scale to have this anchor client. But then I realized, wow, I am just, as they say, trading time for money. And I think that's the pain point now is realizing I've got to come up with a different model to be able to um, still reach as many people as possible. But the, the one hour of traveling somewhere and coaching them and then traveling back, because I do a lot of local coaching, or doing the, the uh, join and then uh, close a Zoom meeting and then join and then Zoom it. <laughs> After a while, yes. I'm a little that's, tired. <laughs> yes, Zoom fatigue, right? Zoom fatigue, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so what piece, like what practical advice would you give someone struggling with that same kind of, of thing? Where do you even start to solve for that? Yeah, I think you've got to have some think time built into your schedule because you've got to get on the balcony of your life, look down at the dance floor. And if you just keep going with your head down, being more of a practitioner, entrepreneur, and not the, um, I can't remember what the e-myth says, but it's, the, it's not the technician, but it's the one who looks at the business from the visionary, you know, a part of being an entrepreneur. Okay. Then you just keep going with your head down and you realize another year's gone by and you haven't you haven't addressed this problem. So I would say you have to have some think time blocked out in your calendar. I do that with an annual retreat, a quarterly retreat, a monthly retreat, and then weekly and daily reviews. All those things help me get above the fray and look back down at my life and go, something's got to change here. So it really does pay off then in productivity to pull back and think, not just keep going. Absolutely. Or else... Nothing will change, and uh, that could be very discouraging. After a while, you could burn out, and burnout's a scary place to be. And I've been on the edge of that. You probably have too. Most people listening to this podcast are achievers, and it's a little scary when you get on the edge of burnout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I love, I wrote down, balcony of your life and look down at the dance floor. I think that's such a great word picture. You've got away with words, Paul. That's that's good. (laughs) I really like that. so that's, so that's a great teachable moment, like to, to put in that calendar time. Um, and I love how it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Um, does each level up require more time then? Like is your yearly a week long, monthly is a, a, a day? Like how does that look? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, so so daily, it's, it's 30 minutes. Uh, I call it the daily preview review at the end of the day where you look back at this day and you pick your three top priorities for tomorrow, which by the way is the best time management advice practically that I could give is the three, uh, your three priorities for tomorrow before you shut the light off today. Then the, the weekly one is an hour. Uh, the monthly one is a, uh, it's, 
I actually increase it an hour every month. So in January, it's two hours. February, it's three hours. I know it's sort of weird. Uh, March, <laughs> it's four hours. So by the end of the year, it becomes two full days around the okay. 31st you know, of December. And yeah, it gets broader and the focus becomes broader with those monthly and yearly ones where I look at the big goals, the big vision for my life. Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's uh, yeah. Again, such great advice. Uh, you do this for your clients then, huh? You could yes. coach them through that. That's good. Yes. And then you take your own advice. That's great. <laughs> I better, right? <laughs> how, well, well, I mean, I mean, it makes sense, right? But how many of us don't, <laughs> right? Hey, you should do this. Oh, but do you know? Okay, great. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you've got it all wrapped up. So, you know, you're good. Um, nothing's wrong, but, but if you could redo one thing over the last year, let's say, what would that be? And so what I, what I tried to do was try to niche in one area of my um, expertise. And okay. so I really went the way of time management. I hired someone to do that. And um, we, we were sort of chipping away at it, but we never really saw the return on investment with that. And I probably should have stuck with that a little bit longer and developed more of the online programs and just really niche down in one area that was narrow of time management instead of saying so broad. So that's, that's one area that I'm still kicking myself like, oh, maybe I should have ridden that wave a little bit longer instead of just kept accepting more clients. Gotcha. So it is, it is important then to focus in on your, your strength, your, your niche, your, your focus, um, and maybe stick with it a little bit longer is what I hear you say. Yeah, because I think I could reach more people that way, especially online. Uh, and yeah. instead, I've, it's, it's kept me a little bit smaller and more local as a result. So podcast interviews are one way to try to broaden that and go, all right, you got to do something. you got to yeah. start branching out. Yeah. So you, so you just said something that, that kind of piqued my interest in reaching people uh, online, especially. In this online world that we're in and and as you are building your personal brand, your coaching brand, um, again, I go back to your, your LinkedIn profile, the calendar coach. I love that. Um, how do you develop the thought leadership to help grow that business and that brand in this online noisy world? Well, I've, I'm an insatiable learner. So the mm. first thing I would say is I just keep the inputs flowing, whether that's reading books, blogs, articles, podcasts. I just can't get enough. I would I nerd out on this stuff, right? So my files are are bulging and I just keep throwing more in there and then calendaring time to look at those and saying, what are all the facets of time management? Because when I do my general talk, you know, it's it's the basic principles of time management that usually apply to about everybody. But then I get those side questions, like, what if I'm in a job that has six meetings a day? Then what, Paul? You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. I better go study that. And that's going to be more of a niche topic. That's really going to help some, a different group of people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. And then, and then as you like, is there a particular content that you enjoy creating to help create that thought leadership conversation or is it just kind of all, all game at this point? Yeah, I um, so I wrote that book that you mentioned earlier, maximizing every minute. That was my first attempt to take all these things that I've learned and put them in a Put them in one resource that people could take with them and probably read the book in less than two hours. I, I like writing little mini books because they say the average American only reads one book a year. And I'm just like floored by that. I don't understand that. I don't understand <laughs> I, it. I it. So I thought yeah. I'm going to make it readable, you know, and so people could take what they want. 
Then it's branched out, of course, to blogging on my website and um, other tools that I'm trying to create. And so the Restore My Sanity program that you mentioned earlier is my first attempt at an online course. And by putting that together and making a six, you know, session uh, online deal, now we can break that into smaller chunks. I'm a fast talker, so it sort of slows me down and makes us sort of go deep in these principles. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think those online courses have become such a powerful tool for all of us instead of an hour long webinar or a day long something, I can take it at my own pace and, uh, and really dig in. So that's good. Are you finding that that's helping to connect with people uh, in a different way than let's say maybe a book? It is because they, there's homework assignments with it and they have to practice time management. You know, one guy told me, he goes, Paul, really this time management stuff, it's just self-discipline, isn't it? <laughs> and I went, you're right, because I can only give you the tools so the course will then, you know, give you a week or two in between to practice it. And then you can say, Paul, where were my struggles, you know, with that? That didn't really work. Or in my situation, I got this issue. Then we can do the little like coaching call in between to say, well, let's push you through that obstacle. So, yeah, it forces people to have to practice one thing and then two weeks later practice another thing until it becomes more of a habit. Yeah, interesting. So, so going back to the, you, know, you, you plan your, your days, you, your week, your month, you do this thing. So I'm guessing you, you've got a plan a little bit um, in place. Where do you see yourself in three years from now, five years from now, maybe 10 years from now with your coaching? Oh, I love that. I love to dream with you. Yeah. So the leadership is my other favorite topic. So it's time management and leadership. That's why I'm always conflicted. Like, Oh, but I, I also love this topic. <laughs> so yeah. I think the big dream for me is, um, having a leadership factory, I'm going to call it a leadership factory, but I got I got to give it a name. It could be that. It could be. It's all about leadership. I'm, I'm playing with the name right now, but it's but it's an actual center where I have a bunch of contractors who are coaches, speakers, facilitators, people that are aligned to my values, and I'm either the CEO of that or, or you know I'm a player coach in that organization, and um, we just get people that come to our area. And they uh, they get trained there, or we do virtual stuff, or we fly to them. I, I just sort of see this as like a place of nourishment where leaders come to be developed, mm-hmm. and then it just multiplies the influence from there. So that's the big dream. Nice, a place of nourishment. Again, great, great visual, great word picture, man. Um, so that's the dream. What does success look like in 2021 to forward that dream for you? I'm going to have to make some changes in order to make that. So I'm going to need a partner or a team of people who have a a like um, vision together. I've started to form those people and they're like, I'm I'm with you, Paul, let's do this. And, but now we need to carve out that time to make the business plan to make that happen. So that's going to be step one in order to do that. Then it'll be recruiting people that have the common vision and bring them on the team, sort of set some expectations, find out what their strengths are to put that together. That's going to be step two. And then it's going to be sort of like, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? And I'm going to have to somewhere along the line make the shift from just me with all these clients to now let's share the load and let's have a fleet of growing forward coaches. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that, but it's a little scary to be honest. Oh Yeah, absolutely. But there's no, there's no joy without risk or scariness, right? Maybe. I don't know. Ooh. Got it. <laughs> oh, you're quotable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, and, I, and I, you said the growing forward thing like that's that's part of your social media your brand i love that idea of growing forward um that's 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 incredible where did that come from for you 
you know, I can't remember where I heard it. You know, I, I heard the phrase somewhere and I've never, I never let it go. Right. And then my wife is a graphic designer. So she turned it into a logo and it just sort of stuck after that. I think it's because coaching is so forward focused. Um, usually counseling therapy is a little bit more back focused to get healing and bring that healing forward. So it doesn't impact you in the moment where coaching is purely forward. Like what's your next step you're going to take, you know, how did that training impact you? What are you going to do with your employees? And so that's where growing forward came. Like it's always forward. Yeah, no, that, that's a great vision. Um, so to help you get to that vision, how can the leverage to scale community jump on board, support you, find you be a part of that growing forward movement? Yeah, sure. So um, you can look over at my website, paulcasey.org, and that's the place that um, I'm trying to nurture that community. Uh, Of course, on social media and pretty much all the social channels and uh, trying to build a tribe there. And so that's probably the best way. Like you said, I've written four little books, um, two on leadership, two on personal development. And um, yeah, so that's probably the best way to connect with me. Awesome. paulcasey.org. Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, having this great conversation with me and inspiring me to grow forward. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.